Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 30 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I was going to have a different guest than I do, um, but there was some scheduling conflicts, but that's okay because I think I, I traded up <laughs> because I have Mandy from the West Podcast. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, this is a special episode. It's, we're going up the, the day before Mother's Day, and we want to talk about geeky moms today and uh, the influence that they have had on our lives. No, I was just going to say I have a super geeky mom, so I'm like, I can't tell you how excited I am to be on this episode. So <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Um, so before we actually get into to that part of the show, let's learn a little bit more about you. We've heard your voice on this podcast before when we did our big um, – group episode and uh and you called into one episode uh but this is the first time we actually get down to to sit down with you and talk to you about you thank you yeah i i was so excited to do those episodes with you our i've been doing WEC podcast with my sister and our friends kelly and kevin for a year now and our 50th episode we did with you and kenny rotter from dumbbells and dragons hello kenny um and that was on dragons, so that was that was a lot of fun. So so that's kind of new for me, podcasting, because before that I've been working for Barnes and Noble for like ten years. I stopped about a year ago, and and I think that's kind of where I was enveloped in all the geekiness that you know you can imagine, books and music and and everything that all those things come with, and movies and television, um, and. But about six years ago, I decided to go back to school, and I got a master's in nutrition from Cal State Northridge, and in about, I don't know, two months, I'm going to finally finish this road I've been on to become a registered dietitian. So that's my real career, but my fun hobby of podcasting um, is something that I just I just enjoy so much. Well, that's very cool, and congratulations on your uh, your degree and, and your program. I, I know you've been working really hard on it, and I, I love watching the posts you put up about very tasty, healthy dishes. <laughs> I know, and I've loved reading your game plan blog on um, on Kenny's website, Dumbbells and Dragons. I just I love what you're doing. I love how you made it a game. So. Well, thank you. I I don't know if you read this week's, but oh, I haven't <laughs> was, yet. No, Uh-oh. it was not good news. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the news that matters; it's the effort. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I yeah, I'm definitely definitely trying. Um, I'm hoping that it was one of those. You know, I had a salty meal the night before, and it's water weight. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, go with that. You know, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with that right now, and then uh, because I was actually good this past couple of weeks, and uh, and so I got at the the scale and I was up two pounds and I was like no that's oh, not it's fair. the worst the it's number- terrible feeling I hate the stupid scale well not only that but it's like I was good if it was if it was a week where I was bad and I was just enjoying myself <laughs> then that's one thing but I was like I was good this week <laughs> yeah well we're going with water weight there you go, <laughs> we're go with water weight. next week we're gonna have you know like a four pound loss there we go <laughs> Oh, very cool. Well, tell us about what areas of geektitude you kind of cling to. Uh, definitely television. I 
I think I'd get so much more done with my life if I didn't watch as much as I do. Um, I, of course, Game of Thrones and Outlander just came back out on pretty much back to back. So I'm completely excited. I won't spoil anything about the last Game of Thrones episode, but I had the uh, the football, um, both hands in the air, you know, things going on at the end of that episode. I was just so excited. Um, so, yeah, so television is a is a big thing for me. Um, movies. I have, I'm old enough to have seen every Star Wars, Star Trek movie in the theater as they came out. I wish I could say every Alien um, movie as it came out, but I didn't see the first one in the theater. Aliens is one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite series just in general, Sigourney Weaver. Um, And Aliens movie is probably, besides Sound of Music, is probably the movie I've seen more than any other. So, that's very cool. <laughs> Sound of Music, because it's my dad's favorite. So, um, a huge Joss Whedon fan. Um, I've seen every episode of Gilmore Girls and cannot wait for the Netflix revival. This, um, I think it's coming out in the fall. I can't tell. They're, they're kind of not telling us yet. Um, uh, yeah, right now, I haven't seen the second season of Daredevil, but I can't wait to. So, just about a little. Oh, and of course, biggest geekitude area has to be books. Um and music as well. And one of the things that I used to do at Barnes & Noble when making CDs for people was a thing. Um, I would make a CD every year, and it was typically, it could be either um, a band that had a, a song about a, about a book. So like, you know, Rush, Tom Sawyer's Rush. Um, Led Zeppelin has like three songs from Tolkien's um, trilogy. And so... So those kinds of things. Um, and my last one I did is probably the geekiest. It was a CD I made of songs um, that appeared in movies that were based on books. So That's so cool. <laughs> so an example would be um, the book, uh, the song uh, Boys Want a Beer but by Peaches, which appeared in the movie Whip It, Drew Barrymore, which was based on a book by Shauna Moore, or uh, Love Will Tear Tear Us Apart by Broken Social Scene, which was in the Time Traveler's Wife movie with Eric Bana and Rachel McAdams, but was based on a movie, um, on a book by Audrey Diffenegger. So anyway, so that's like, that's pretty freaking geeky, I have to say. But if (laughs) (laughs) if anyone needs any of these, I literally have hundreds of these kinds of songs that have to do with books, so. That's very cool. That's awesome. <laughs> now, where are your areas of geekitude low? Well, I'd have to say video games, which I don't play, and like none. I don't play any. And <laughs> my sister <laughs> is a huge fan of, gosh, I forget what it's called, something Dragon Age, I think. Is that? Yes, Dragon Age Inquisition. Yes, she's a huge fan of that. So, so. Video games are in my life, but mostly because she talks to me about them. Um, and comics, I although I'm super excited about this new Brian Vaughn comic called Paper Girls, which I've been talking a lot about on my podcast, and and I still haven't gotten it in the mail, so I need to go on my Amazon account and find out what happened. Maybe I forgot to order it. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I don't go to the comic book store, but I like comic book compilations. I actually just recently read the first few compilations of Saga, um, but that's actually how I got into, that's Brian Vaughn also, that's how I got into Paper Girls, which is about um, four paper girls from the 1980s who literally, you know, deliver papers. 
which is something I did in my twenties. So, um, so yeah, so video, yeah, so comic books are, I'm not really strong there, but I'm trying to get stronger. Um, those would probably be my lowest areas. That's very cool. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of stuff about Paper Girls recently. It's kind of like exploded um, as far as its popularity, which I think is awesome. And then uh, everybody keeps telling me I have to read Saga, and I just I just need to buckle down and do it. It's easy to read. I really enjoyed it. I when I looked out there, there were a lot of people who had some pretty strong negative opinions about it. Um, but I read that after I read and enjoyed them. So, um, so I wasn't influenced by that at all. And I really, I really thought it was kind of clever, kind of like love story between two different alien species. Um, and in the very first one, they have this baby they're trying to protect. So, so it's, uh, it's just really kind of fascinating, this world that they created. The artist too, I can't remember the name of, oh wait, I've got him right here. The name of the artist, Fiona Staples. Um, it's pretty much her creation as much as Brian Vaughn's um, because her art is incredible. So, so yeah, I could definitely recommend those. Very cool. Yeah, I, I'm just I, I'm I'm pushing to summer. I've got 24 days left. Oh my god, <laughs> 24 school days oh, left, I and then I I can start reading. So that's yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I do like the thing. I don't know how I just like how do we find time for any of this? It's crazy. It really is, and, and the more things we get excited about, the more we want to um, to consume, and I think that's that's kind of the the whole idea of geekitude is that everybody's got their things, and it's like even if you can't participate in it right then, at least you can hear other people talk about it. Right, you know? right, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, so you're getting your now? Do you have your degree, or in just finishing up um, a certificate program, or where where are you? What 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 happens in two months? That's not now. That's not now. So I have my master's. I finished that last May, but I had to do like a certain number of hours of supervised practice. So I've been in an internship okay. at the VA hospital in LA, and and they actually just hired me. I am so excited. I have a job when this is all said and done. Um, that's awesome yeah, congratulations thank you um, so many amazing people work there um, and I just I can't wait to be you know to call them my colleagues um, so yeah so but but so I'm finishing on my internship in, in about five weeks and and then I just have to take a, an exam and, and get a piece of paper and, and I'll be a, I'll have my professional career so that's very cool. Now, other than um, the nutrition and the WEC, do you have any other projects going on? Um, oh, yeah. I'm editing my sister's book right now. So my sister, her name's Kathy, but um, she her, her, her pseudonym is Evan Katie, and she's been writing this book series. It's a mystery series. The first one she wrote was January Kills Me, and it was really kind of tragic because our dad died in 2011. And that was the year that her book was published and it became so hugely popular. Like it shot up so high on the Amazon list. Um, and, um, it would became a us today bestseller. Like it, they have this literally everything that's selling the most right then. And she was like 132. She was like right below the Lego star Wars book. It was, oh, wow. I, it was like, it was unbelievable the success that she had that with that initial book and it was she just published it herself so so this is an example of you know the indie you know world that we're in where people can just write and publish they don't need to be represented and she has quite a fan base so much so that Amazon went ahead and asked 
um, permission for them to translate her book into German because they wanted to see if they could get a German audience for her. Um, oh, that's awesome. I know. So now you can get January Kills Me in German. And, um, yeah, so so anyway, she's she's on her fifth book, which she has a date of May 31, and she's a little antsy with me right now because I owe it to her. And so basically when we're done with this, Joe, I will be <laughs> returning to her book. <laughs> she's going to be mad that I even took time out for this tonight because she just she's she's trying to get it done. Her fans are waiting. So I I understand. And, and again, I'll thank her as well for for sharing. You with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's exciting. It's been two years since her last book came out. It's been kind of a you know rough two years and she's, she's just it's just finally getting this out, so this is awesome. I can't wait. Very cool. And and it's a mystery? Yeah, she writes a mystery series. Um, the main character's name is Samantha Rialto, and all sorts of crazy things happen to her. And the whole series takes place over the course of a year. So the first book has January in the title, and then February, and so now this new one's called An Old Murder in May. And um, and it's just, it has a little, it's it's a little bit of romance, just a touch, not much. It's it's mostly just a just a mystery story, and each book has a different mystery, and and it's crazy in this one year what this woman's life is like. But she's actually a middle school music teacher, um, and then kind of a detective on the side, and she keeps getting embroiled in all these situations, and it's hysterical. My sister is hysterical, so I highly recommend it. It's it's you can buy them online, Barnes Noble, Nook Books, or Kindle. The first one she actually made into a paperback as well. She would love to be able to write full time. It's just not something she could do at the moment. But I'm hoping one day that she gets there. It's so hard. All of us, all of us creative types, are like, if we could only do this for our. <laughs> I know. Yes. Can we just be podcasters and just do that? For yeah. Why can't we just be podcasters? <laughs> Very cool. Um, now you said um, Alien was your favorite fandom. Well, okay. So there's a caveat there. I have so many favorite fandoms. Star Wars, of course. I mean, I have all the original. I'm actually looking at my old Darth Vader case of characters from when I was a little girl. Um, oh my god! I know. It's like I seriously. I have like two dozen of the original characters. I love them so much. <laughs> I let my nephew, play, <laughs> let my four year old nephew, play with them. He loves them too. We're converting him early. Um, <laughs> but but I'm also this is this is gonna sound strange but I am a huge Fast and Furious fan like I love Vin Diesel ever since the Rot the Riddick series um I've been I'm a fan of his Triple X series I hear there's gonna be a new one um so the fact that there's gonna be a new Fast and Furious movie I'm over the moon about um but I do have a favorite fandom and it's it's Veronica Mars did you ever watch that show? I never did. I completely missed it, and by the time I'd heard all the buzz about it, I, I don't know where I was because everybody's like, "It's amazing," and I've I had no exposure to it. Yeah, it came and went quickly. It was three very short seasons, and and it even left on it left us like wanting more, and so they had their big famous Kickstarter campaign and were able to make a movie, which I loved. Um, and then Rob Thomas, the creator, he's also the creator of I Zombie, um, which is his new series. Um, but he wrote two books with a woman named Jennifer Graham, and I even love the two books. I'm kind of bummed. They had a third one in the works, and it's not around, and they're not buzzing about a second movie. So I think it might be a dead series, but 
but I do get a fix of him um, with iZombie, which is a really great show. They actually, in the, one of the last episodes, they did this really funny thing where Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20 was, was, an, was a character in the show. And, of course, Rob Thomas is the creator of the series. So you had to be a fan to get that. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, Rod Thomas from Matchbox 20 had a horrible death and then revival in, in that episode. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So, so yeah. That's very cool. Have you, have you read the, uh, the comic books at all? Um, I have not. I'm, I knew that they existed before the show, but I, um, I have not read the comic books. Have you read those? I haven't, but I have a, a very good friend who has read quite a few of them and he says they're spectacular. Do they? Does he? Does it compare to the television series? Is it better? Is it? He likes it better. He uh, didn't care for the the TV series because it kind of made it into a procedural and took out a lot of the the fun characters that kind of made up her group of friends. But I've also heard that they might have added those back in over time. Yeah, I think I've noticed that there's a lot of quirkiness that I've observed in more of the last few episodes that I didn't observe earlier in the season. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting, becoming much more of a fan as the season goes on. It's getting better. So, so maybe it'll eventually live up to the comic books, the original material. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Cause it's so, it's so nice when you have something that you love that, that gets put into a different media so you can enjoy it in different, different ways. I know. That's why I love the books and the movies and the Veronica Mars television series and, uh, I just wish it could continue forever. Kristen Bell, I'm a huge fan. She's adorable. Oh, and Enrico Calantoni. There was this great mother do- mother. I'm sorry, father father daughter relationship in that series, and he's one of my favorite character actors. So, so anyway. Awesome. Well, my last question is: Do you have anything that um, you know about, but you know is not terribly popular, and you just think everybody needs to run out right now and consume whatever it is? <laughs> um. Well, okay, I have two quick things. I have a favorite author. Her name is Sharon Shin, S-H-I-N-N, and she writes this series. Um, she's She writes a lot of series, and she's still writing, so she's got new books coming out. But one of her original series is called, uh, I think the the first, it's, it's all based in this world called Samaria, and the first book is called Archangel. And... Um, and it is this fantastic blend of science fiction, fantasy, and and romance. So maybe this would appeal more to your female listeners, but doesn't have to. Um, I I just think she is a phenomenal writer, and it's not just that series. She's she's written so many others, but just off the top of my head, it's the Mary series, one of my favorites. So I can highly highly recommend. It's just a book that nobody knows about. Um, it's, it's something that even Barnes and Noble was at least carrying that first one for a long time. And when it, when it, we stopped modeling it, which basically means we carry it all the time. And when we sell it, we order it back in automatically. That book, we stopped modeling and I just wept. I was just, oh, this is horrible. She's, it's finally fallen off. Um, the book shelf. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I highly recommend checking that out. Um, and since we're talking about okay, there's a television series called Limitless, which have you been? You probably have not had time to watch that this season. No, but I I'm trying to remember, like it sounds very familiar, and I feel like it's something that I was going to, and then oh yes, is it the one where he he takes the pill and gets really smart? Yes, yes, he takes the pill and gets really smart. That is such a quirky, adorable 
show. Extremely geeky, like way more geeky than anyone would have ever thought. Um, and the main actor, I think his name is, gosh, Jake McDormand or something? I totally am probably getting that wrong. Um, he is hysterical, just so funny. And he's kind of his, the who he's played opposite by this. I think her name is Jennifer Carpenter. And she's the more serious, you know, tough ass um, FBI agent. And I just, I just think this, this show is just absolutely adorable. Yeah, um, we, we started watching it. And I think it, anything that's a procedural, um, my husband is not a fan of. <laughs> and so he, um, you know, and so it goes onto my list of watch on my own, <laughs> but that's a very long list. Yeah. So I think it just kind of, if it was a procedural, it's kind of fallen off. And I don't know if I, I know a lot of series will start that way. And then once it has an audience, it'll drop the serial portion and just kind of go more, um, uh, they'll drop the procedural par- portion and go more serialized. And uh, I know Grimm did that, and uh, then then yeah. it's okay. But uh, and so maybe it, it will eventually head that direction. But I know it it wasn't when we were watching it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I yeah, it's definitely more of a, a procedural. And I mean, it it had a, a the I think the last six episodes of the story kind of going through. But you know, it's funny how shows always start out as procedurals and then they change, and sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. So yeah, definitely, I think. Um, Sleepy Hollow was kind of like that. It started out as a procedural that we actually kind of stuck with. And then when it switched out of it, it was like, okay, I don't know where you're going, but I don't think I'm going to come with you. Yeah, I watched that for a little bit, um, and I and I liked it, um, but I actually just caught caught the last series, and I was – is it a spoiler? Can I say spoiler? The, I mean, well, spoiler the, alert. It's spoiler coming. <laughs> alert. Yeah, the main actress left the show, and I thought when we were watching – my mom and I were watching the episode – that she was just dying for fake because people die and come back on those kinds of shows all the time. So, right, but right, then when right. I found out the main actress left the show, I thought, well, that's that's horrible. I thought she was awesome. So, yeah, well, and it, it doesn't I, something like that doesn't bode well for the the series. It means it it's probably a sinking ship, and she she probably bailed for good reason. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, but yeah, Limitless is is a it's a fun one. So Very cool. Yeah. I may have to to sneak that back into the rotation this summer and catch back up. It's I think by the sixth episode it got it just got I don't know who writes it but they are quirky funny science fictiony people so um, so yeah some good stuff. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing yourself with us and and telling us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, we're gonna quickly talk about what we did that was geeky this week. Um, I finished Daredevil season two. Uh, yeah, I I have to say I liked it. I didn't love it. Didn't um, like it as much as the first season. No, I enjoyed the first season so much more. I I felt the they had a stronger villain with uh, Fisk, and um, and this just didn't it didn't have that punch. It kind of felt like it was having um, there was too many stories going on, and so it was a little hard to to ease into it, but I also will will fully admit that I watched it while doing other things quite often, just because <laughs> I've, I have to multitask, and, and since that's a watch-on-my-own 
show. I, I, you know, I would often have it in the background when I was doing things. So I don't know that I gave it my full attention like I should have. Yeah. But even, yeah, but even when I did, I was like, you know what, this is good, but it's not consistently great. What the is- scenes, the, the the slow scenes between like Daredevil and the Punisher or Daredevil and Elektra were really well acted and really powerful, but there felt like there was just a lot of kind of dragging the story. Come on, guys, let's let's get get to the meat and potatoes of it. Huh, that's interesting. That's too bad. Um, how did you like Elektra? I was when I heard she was gonna. She's one of my favorite characters, comic book characters. I don't have a lot of experience with her, um, but I thought that they the the actress was phenomenal. And she was very vampy, very kind of let's go out and get into trouble kind of uh, attitude. And it was fun. It was it, it could get disturbing a little bit because she's very violent. Yeah. But um, but it was still, you know, she had a very kind of fun darkness to her. Like, you know, it's you, you didn't know when she was going to kind of turn and go from being fun and playful to very serious and very um, dangerous. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, uh, I think I, I mean, I definitely am going to be investing in that series at some point this summer for sure. So, but I have to say, um, this is a, a little confession. I loved the original Punisher with Thomas Jane and John Travolta. I just, I loved it so much. I bought it on DVD. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit too. <laughs> yes! I thought, I thought it was not. It wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't as bad as a lot of people said it was. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah, because I, I was listening. I think it was. Was it the Average Geek Show that you were interviewing Philippe and um, were was that? I think they were the ones that were saying how bad it was that original. Um, but yes, no. <laughs> Well, were they talking about the Thomas Jane one, or are they really talking about the... Oh, um, they love the new guy. Everyone loves the new guy. Oh, everybody loves the new guy, but there's a Dolph Lundgren version oh. that's even older than that. Okay, I haven't seen that. I didn't even know that existed, actually. So wait, was that the one? I, I, think, that's, I think it was Dolph Lundgren. I have to look now. <laughs> Google. Google. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember there was there was a really bad Punisher and a really bad Captain America in like the late eighties, early nineties. Yes, it totally was. And if you see him, oh my gosh, that's that's so cool. Um, it was. It says an Australian American action film from nineteen eighty nine, written by Boaz Yakin. I remember him. He's done something else. Okay, that was Louis Gossett Jr. and Dolph Lundgren. That is so cool. Yeah, that, I mean, and again, it was it was classic bad eighties um, comic book superhero movie. That's so funny. So. He is such a not a great actor and such a brilliant man. Um, from what I hear, he's like a chemical engineer with a PhD. So seriously, <laughs> yes, yes, he is like a brilliant man. Um, so anyway, it's just he's he's very interesting, but he's he's smart, smart dude. That I'm I'm intrigued. There will be there Some will be more in, my, in my future because that's fascinating. I would have never have thought. Yeah, I know. You know, you you never would. But um, but he's uh, yeah, very interesting. Oh, he learned. Oh, he says he's um knows five languages, huh? Wow. Anyway, 
Okay. Well, he is European, and they do tend to be more multilingual than we are. That is true. That is true. And then uh, the other thing that I did this week is I, I reached podcast homeostasis, which is where your podcast listening, available podcast listening time and your available podcasts meet, <laughs> and you actually end before the next episodes start cycling in. Wait, what is it again? It's... I, I call it podcast homeostasis. Oh. Isn't that everything? There's an equal... Um, there's equality on both sides of the cell wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's clever. I like that. <laughs> so just as I'm I'm reaching this this point where I'm I'm getting through my podcasts before the next episode of the said podcasts come into my my iPhone, um, I discovered two that were um, phenomenal and are are going to have to find their way into my regular rotation. And one's the Geek to Geek podcast. Oh, okay. And it's relatively new. Um, back in the day, I don't remember if this was before I started listening to WEC or or just after, but it was relatively early on in, in Geekitude's life. Uh, I think it was in February. I posted that... Um, just on Twitter, hey, are there any geek podcasts out there that I should be listening to? And this was in February, and I think Monday I got a, a response from it from the geek to geek guys, and they're like, we're pretty fond of ours. <laughs> That's awesome, and I love it. It is they're just they're fun, they're compelling to listen to, and they just seem they seem like guys you want to be friends with. I already checked them out because you mentioned them in your last episode, didn't you? I um I don't know if I listened I mentioned them on my episode, but I did tweet about yes, them. Yes, okay, saw it on Twitter. Yeah, okay, because I've already checked them out, and and they had done a Game of Thrones episode, and I started listening to that. I haven't finished though, but it was kind of cool because they were talking about the books, um, and and well, one of them really hated the books. <laughs> He really, he didn't even finish half the first one. And and I can't remember which one, if it was Bees or, uh, wait, who are the two guys? It's Bees and... And Void? Void Bees and Void, yeah. So one of them hated them. The other one loved them. I, lo- I read the first three and I felt exactly like the guy who liked them but didn't finish them. Um, because the Game of Thrones books are are really good, but you know they're never going to finish. You're, I'm not the kind of person who wants to go back and read them all so I can figure out what's going on. And they're incredibly mm-hmm. violent. So I think I think it was Bees. I think his point was that he's a good storyteller, but he's not a good writer. Or he has you know some writing challenges. Um, and maybe I agree a little bit with that. Um, but, uh, but I just thought too much violence, too much darkness. Um, and so is the show, but I can't help it. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, we left off somewhere in season four, um, and again, that has been thrown into the watch on my own pile. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, what, there will be a, a time when I just marathon it. You know, when he's out of town or something in ketchup. But uh, so I, so I actually didn't listen to that episode. I listened to the episode before it, which was all on Blizzard games, so like World of Warcraft and Hearthstone and all the stuff that I consume on a daily basis. Yeah, so I don't much about so I should listen to that so I can find out more about your world because Hearthstone is like a foreign language to me 
<laughs> well, I I honestly think at some point I need to sit down with the the WEC squad and we need to just like find a video game that we can all play online together. Oh, and that just... would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we would have a blast, and you know we'll stream it or something so can, people can watch us just being silly. Okay, and I can be you know play my very first video game. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I I would be honored to introduce you to your very first. Uh, the other podcast that I've been listening to that I actually I think I may have got my husband hooked on is um, do you know about the Mortified movement? No, I've never heard of this. Okay, so basically in different stages around L- the the states, they have people people will get together and they will read um, their diaries from when they were in junior high and high school. Oh, <laughs> I have. Yeah. I have them. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm like getting flash. I'm getting a hot flash here. Okay, go on. Okay, so so they'll so they'll pick like a theme that they uh, you know a through line, and they'll pick out um, entries that will tell a story. And so the one that I was listening to with my husband, we were driving from Palm Springs to L.A. to to hang out with friends, so we knew it was going to be a long drive. And um, and so I said, you have to listen to this. It's too funny. And the episode I listened to was. Um, Episode two of a three-part series that they did called Forbidden Crushes. And it was this woman who, when she was in junior high and high school, had a crush on the school janitor. Oh, that's so cute. And, oh, my God, it was hilarious. It's very (laughs) angsty. And it's like, oh, my God, my life is over. And at one time, she turns around too quickly, not realizing he's there. And and the back of her hand hits him in the ass. And... (laughs) She's just like, oh, my God, my demon hand got away from me. You know, she's just like – and, of course, she's – you know, she's 20, 30 years older now. And so, you know, she's – it's this combination of laughing at it and being completely, again, mortified by by this experience. And there's dozens of them. And they – so what they'll do is they'll take um they'll take recordings from these various get-togethers and the host will kind of narr- give you a little intro and there's a little interview with them after the fact and then um and then they'll kind of close it out with you know the person's feelings about how the experience was and everything. it is just like it's just charming there's no other way to put it Oh my gosh, that is fantastic. I just found them online. Well, you, it's called uh, getmortified.com. Is that it? Yes. Mortified share the shame. Oh, I'll just have to totally check this out. That's just too it, sweet. it is so good. It is so good. And um I listened to about 3 or 4 episodes, but the the Forbidden Crushes episodes were hilarious <sighs> because it was just people just, you know, We've all been there, and so th- I think that's part of the part of the the draw is that yes, this person is very brave to be reading these personal private thoughts that they had, you know, ten fifteen years ago. But more importantly, it's like we all were there, and we all know what they were going through. Oh, so my God. we're not laughing at them; no. we're laughing at ourselves because we were right there. <laughs> Absolutely. What's funny is when you said forbidden crush to Janet, I was actually had a forbidden crush on my choir teacher in middle school um and i went to one of my niece's concerts um oh i think it was a one of her musicals she was doing a musical in high school and i bumped into somebody said oh hi bandy how are you and i looked at him and i was who i was like oh my gosh it's mr wilbur my middle school 
school choir teacher. <laughs> and I just was so red in the face. Here I am, like an adult woman, like <laughs> running into my choir teacher who had a crush. I was like, oh, it was a weird moment. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, those are definitely two podcasts that I can very highly recommend because um, I have been enjoying them quite a bit. That is awesome. That is awesome. How about you? Any any time to be geeky this week? Um, I you know besides all my freaking television watching, which is I have to tell you out of control. I I live with my mom, and my mom and I are big. You know, she's my Outlander television watching fan. Um. I don't know how geeky this is, but The Good Wife is a fantastic television series, and it's coming to an end. Um, so this was the second this week was the second to last episode, um, and so the and then coming back into my television circuit this week was Person of Interest. Have you ever watched that one? Yeah, I've watched a couple episodes of that. Um... But for some reason, it, again, didn't make it into our regular rotation. Yeah, so that is the Jim Caviezel one. Um, one of the Joss Whedon actresses, um, Amy Acker, she's on it. She uh, plays a hacker. Um, and then Michael Emerson, who is kind of famous from Lost, he's on it as well. Um, and his wife plays his girlfriend, except only in flashbacks. Um, anyway, that show is is one of those shows that started off as a procedural and then became this incredibly convoluted plot um, that I can barely follow anymore, but it's only got a couple episodes left until the, the show is over. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sticking with it. Um, and it's actually, it's, you know, it's about basically someone who creates an artificial intelligence that's really smarter than us. One of them is on the evil side and one of them is on the good side. Um, and so, so these main characters are trying to save the world basically. So, <laughs> So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. And I do have a friend who I, I stopped by my old um, store this week, um, Barnes & Noble, and got to – one of my friends who I've worked with forever, she's actually Ray Bradbury's daughter, and she's leaving. The oh, wow. Store. I know. It was so cool. She's leaving. So I had to go give her a hug because um, that just made me so sad. Um, and then I had a friend, I bumped into my friend Haley and she, uh, she just sent me a message on Facebook today cause she told me we were talking about Ex Machina and she said, I have to see it cause we were talking about how much we like Oscar Isaacs. Um, and, and then she posted the message. So she's, <clears throat> she's haunting me to see Ex Machina, which I will see Haley. I promise. So <laughs> it is, it is, it is an intense movie. Yeah. And- Yep. And he he does a very very good job, but I was terrified of him the entire movie. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. See, so, yeah, I I feel like I have to be mentally prepared to see this film. So, so I'll finish edit- editing my sister's book first, and then I'll do it. Awesome. Very <laughs> very cool. Um, a couple news things uh, this week. You do not you have not seen the Power Rangers, so we're just gonna just touch on this really quickly because I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, they're going to do a new Power Rangers movie, and they have just revealed the costumes. And in the TV series, they were kind of just bodysuits. They were, you know, just kind of... Yeah, I remember. I remember them from the TV series, from previous. And, and so these look like kind of armor, and they're very cool looking. Really? Okay, nice. So what are you, are you and, looking forward to this movie? You know, it's one of those things where it's going to completely fall into the... 
I'm watching it because it's nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think it's awesome that they they have the same character names, but they've changed up the um the ethnicities of them, which I think is probably a good idea because in the original series, uh the Black Ranger was black, the Yellow Ranger, uh, Ranger was Asian, and <laughs> <laughs> nowadays that's probably not the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. I was I was just on the on the latter end of the age range for that when it came out, so it it's not something that I was like, oh my god, Power Rangers are the best. But it was something that I I did watch when I was younger. I think so. that's exactly why I missed it. I just it wasn't in it wasn't out when I was young enough. Um, but I actually just looked on Entertainment Weekly's website, and oh my gosh, they look so cool. These are these new costumes are awesome. Yeah, they're very like futuristic and and almost Iron Manish. Yeah, exactly. Okay, this could be cool. I wish them luck. Same as um the Warcraft movie. I'm wishing them luck too. Gosh, I hope I hope you know some of the you know you just kind of want to get behind some of these franchises and hope they can make it into the echelons of um, Marvel and you know well DC. I know they're struggling a little bit, but but still they're huge. So. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to that as well. It should be a lot of it should be fun at the at the very least. I I think it's going to be if you if you can get there the opening weekend, it's going to be very much a communal experience with all the people who've played the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I'll have to make a point to do that for that reason. Because um, even though it's not my community necessarily, I I I want to I just feel like I want to support you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will take that support. <laughs> Yeah. Very cool. And now this weekend is the opening of Captain America Civil War. Yay! Oh, I can't. So wait. very excited. <laughs> I'm I'm going to see it. Well, th- this is coming out on Saturday the 7th. Um I will be seeing it the evening of Saturday the 7th. We're actually recording on the 5th. Um but uh yeah, I think we... I'm going to Go ahead. I was going to say if we wanted to we could go see it right now, right? It opened tonight, didn't it? Yeah, it opened tonight. I'm sure I have students that are there. I, I had one student who got into a free like test preview two or three weeks ago, and I was like, "Dude, I'm so jealous." And he's like, "Yeah, I know." He's like, "I won't spoil. It, I promise." You know, he's he's one of those kids that is like, if there was anybody who was gonna get it, I'm glad it's you because a, I know how big of a fan you are, and b, I know that you will not spoil it. You won't hold it over anybody. You'll just enjoy it, and you'll yeah. you'll. You'll hate that you've seen it because you can't talk about it with anybody. <laughs> yeah, oh man, and I think people would be pretty respectful and keep keep their lips sealed. But yeah, that's awesome. I I actually my nephew Jake um, went to see he we bought tickets early to see Superman v Batman. Um, we saw it Thursday. The Thursday it opened. Um, but he is a DC guy, totally a DC kid. Um, he likes Marvel, but he's like. Eh, mm. So I lost my movie buddy on this one. So I'm going to have to make oh, no. Kevin. Yeah, go make Kevin go see it with me. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but the reason why I bring it up is because uh, Fandango did a poll and they polled a thousand moviegoers and they asked them which Avenger who hasn't had a movie of their own yet would you most like to see with their own movie? And the Black Widow got 48%. Yes! That is so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So it wasn't it wasn't even close. Vision had fifteen, Falcon had twelve, Hawkeye had ten. Poor Hawkeye. Um, War Machine had eight, and the Scarlet Witch had seven. So, so if that doesn't convince them that they can do this, because there's is is there even talk of it? It's not on their schedule, is it? No, not at all. It's not on the the schedule at all, which is a shame because I've I've said on other podcasts that I think. Um, the, the the strength of the Marvel universe right now is that all the independent movies tend to be very different from one another in in flavor and style. So Thor has that kind of Norse mythology thing going. So it it, it almost borders on fantasy. And then you've got Ant Man and Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, which is really very humorous. And now we're going to get Doctor Strange, which is going to be very surreal and very awesome. Yes, yeah. Like, like the Black Widow spy movie seems like such a natural fit. Yeah, that's exactly what we were just talking about in our podcast. I can't remember who it was, Katie or Kelly, who was talking about, you know, you could see like this, yeah, this total spy movie it it can make it like a double genre you know your superhero slash spy um marvel movie i just totally think they could do it i wonder if it's scarlett johansson who's not interested she's a busy girl so i don't a busy woman i don't know well i can't imagine i mean because i think i think just the cloud of being the first woman to carry her own um marvel movie I think that's such a, you know, that's something that a lot of people would jump at. So, yeah. you know, I think it's just, you know, it was never in the in the plans and and, you know, hopefully polls like these and and more fan outcry will bring it around, but, you know, unfortunately until until they see that, it's it's not a it's not a go. Yeah. Well, I uh, maybe this poll will do something for the for the, you know, for that possibility. That would be really cool. Yeah. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> They're crossed. Um, and then the other part of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe news that I dug up this week is that it is pretty official that Daredevil and Jessica Jones and the Punisher will not be showing up in the Cinematic Universe. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Is that because of and Netflix? The re- um, I know it just it sounds like they've just got two different tones that they're going for and they don't want to keep throwing together things just because. Well, it's kind of what DC does already. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, except at least although they, the Flash is crossing over, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the good thing is is at least they are they do take place in the same universe. It's just we're not going to see those characters on the big screen. Okay. And um that's true. Which is, That's right, because Jessica Jones is always talking about, you know, the, the people she's staying out with. Yeah. And so um, the the big thing is is that they've announced that Avengers Infinity War is going to have 67 characters in it. Like 67, I think, heroes. Okay. Wow. Is that in 2020? <laughs> when is, is – I can't um, – It's it's somewhere around there. I don't have that info right in front of me. Yeah. But – it's like if you're taking out so wait, Daredevil and Punisher and all of them, that's you know that's that's coming out of that sixty-seven. <laughs> it's like you, who are you going to put in there? But they for sure said that they're not going to be part of that. Um, uh, I guess they could change their minds, but I guess that makes. I mean, you're right. They they're different different tones. 
the town yeah, it says of Marvel. Some have, go, sorry, go ahead. It says some have speculated that with the massive two-part adventure, uh, Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and Avengers Infinity War Part 2, gearing up to shoot, uh, start shooting later this year, uh, some of the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV characters will be joining the fight against the Mad Titan Thanos, but that probably won't be the case. Um, uh-huh. Very interesting. Made it quite clear that they're primarily focusing on the movie characters that have been established thus far, along with new characters that will be introduced as well. All right. Well, it's just so exciting to see what DC and Marvel are are doing with their franchises and and television and, well, television, comics, and movies. I I know that I don't follow the comics too much, um, but I'm a fan of, well, okay, I'm only watching Supergirl right now. I'm trying to catch up with Flash, but I'm way behind, and I didn't get into Arrow, although I'm sure I could if I tried. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, it's it's just, it's amazing what they're doing. I I love it all. I just, I, I, I... sort of probably more lean toward Marvel, but I just, I love all the superhero movies. I just think they're so much fun. They are. I, I can't wait until, I can't wait to see this, this this one. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, I can't wait. It's it's just going to be amazing. I was a huge, huge fan of Winter Soldier. Um, and so, and I, I wasn't really paying close attention. I didn't realize the same directors were doing this one. And that made me all the more excited because that was a really great film. So this is going to be, this is going to be good. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, just before we go into Geeky Moms, I do want to say that if you were listening to this Saturday morning, um, today is the 7th, and I will be at Mysterious Galaxy Bookstore in San Diego all day. And if you can't make it down to San Diego or you are not in San Diego, um, I will be on Periscope, and I will be talking to a lot of guests. I'm so excited for you. This is so cool. Who are some of the guests? I'm pulling that up right now. I I don't know what I did to myself here, Mandy. I <laughs> I maybe I may regret this, not the experience, but I like I I never scheduled in a lunch break. Uh oh, yeah. Bring some 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 granola bars and <laughs> some pocket food. <laughs> now I I'm gonna get pronunciations uh, rough here, but um, Lydis Daris. Cameron Beatty and Benny Zekowitz, Toby Easton, Jennifer Brody, Greg Harris, Todd Lockwood, Daryl Woods Gerber, Gavin Scott, Sharon Skinner, Jeannie Koch, who's been on the show before, Uh, uh, Elena Hartwell, Marie Brennan, and Jonathan Mayberry. Okay, are these all, all writers, all book writers? They're all book writers, and they're all in. Uh, most of them are in mystery, fantasy, and science fiction, and there's a couple of young adult authors in there as well. Oh, this is so incredibly exciting! Um, I'm just, I just wish I still lived in San Diego so I could just be there in person. Well, you can you can tune in on Periscope, <laughs> you- and you can ask any questions you need to ask. <laughs> well, maybe my uh, my nephew and I are going to. Universal Studios on Saturday to oh, see the cool. Harry Potter um, world or wizarding world. Um, so, yeah, so maybe we'll have to check in on you on Periscope. That'd be very cool. You'll have to, to wave wave to us from uh, from Harry Potter land. Okay, that <laughs> sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, the real reason why we're here is because tomorrow is Mother's Day, and we are here to celebrate the geeky moms. And you had mentioned that you have a very geeky mom. Yes, and it's weird because you were asking for letters and and I didn't send you one and that was that was kind of lame. I should have. <laughs> it's because I wouldn't say if you met or knew my mom you would say, "Oh, she's a geek." But she is she is a geek. She she listens to books. She doesn't read books anymore. She just listens. She likes to be able to do more than one thing at a time. But she listens to books rapidly, like all the time. Um, and some of her favorite series, I mean, she's um, she listens to just about anything and everything. But she's listened and caught up with all the Jim Butcher, Dresden Files books. Um, she's a huge fan of Jim Dale. She's even curious if she would like J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series as much if she hadn't listened to them. Because Jim Dale is, does the audiobooks, and he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, she's constantly telling people to read American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Um, so, um, and actually we had this really funny, geeky experience with Barnes and Noble when I was working there, but I was on a break and I was shopping with my mom, my nephew, and we were upstairs in the science fiction section and we bumped into, okay, Ben Browder from Farscape. Um, okay. he, he, my sister loves that show so much, and so he's a, he's been a, he's been a customer at the store, and every time he comes in, my heart just goes pitter patter because oh my gosh, it's Ben Browder from Farscape. Um, but he was up there, and he was he was filming a Doctor Who episode, and he had this big scraggly beard. Um, he was it was the one of their Wild West. It was in the Matt Smith, I think it was Series Seven, um, and and he, and I was like, Jake, it's Ben Browder. And so we were over the next thing I know, Ben Browder is giving my mom, my mom and him are talking sci-fi and she's saying, oh, have you read the Jim Butcher? And he says, oh, how about Neil Stevenson? And um, and then he's talking to my nephew and giving him book advice. And it was, yes. So uh, so my mom, Ben Browder, Jake and, and myself in the science fiction section, um, one of our geeky moments. So um, That's so cool. Yeah. Yay, mom. Yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And she knew it was Ben Browder, too. So there you go. <laughs> I, I have a, a great respect for the people who can go up to celebrities and talk to them like normal people without losing their cool, because I am not one of those people. I, I avoid them completely because it's like I, I I've just even even some of the podcasters I've met, I'm like, hi, like what you do. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that story about your mom with us. Of course. Um, would you mind taking the first uh, the first letter? We got four letters today. I was very excited. Um, and the first one we have is from Andrew J. Bartlett, and he is one of the occasional co-hosts of Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. Okay, it says, Dear Mom, you don't listen to podcasts much, but this letter is being written as a submission to a particular podcast called Geektitude. As the name suggests, it's a podcast that revolves around the multitude of aspects regarding geek culture, a culture in which your loving eldest resides and has made a loving home for 30 plus years. And on this particular Mother's Day, I thought you should know it's all your fault. (laughs) From the days of letting me watch Quantum Leap and Back to the Future with you, Thus, falling in love with the idea of science fiction, and most especially time travel, to pushing my literacy and love of the written word to a level of such veracity that it crushes my soul when I hear friends and loved ones utter the phrase, without irony, I don't really dot 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 read. Oh, 
worst <laughs> at a bookstore. That kills me. Going on. It was you who pushed me, pushed my creativity, challenging me to think outside of boxes within boxes to help put a level of humility into said creativity, which helped cultivate my sense of humor to be able to laugh at my at myself more so more so than I would at anyone else. Through that guidance, that support, I have garnered friendships and connections that have led to this. A letter being written for you for Mother's Day to help thank you, but overall blame you for helping in the development of the geek you know and love today. This letter should come as no surprise to you, as it doesn't normally take a special occasion for said gratitude to be expressed. However, with this letter, a larger audience, consisting of not just the listeners, but also the host who will read this letter aloud, oh, except not the host, but me, <laughs> will be made aware of how, of how grateful I am to have you as a mother, one who is constantly building and respecting the geek you have created. And you know when it comes down to it, regardless of what happens because of it, it is all your fault, after all. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. With love, Andrew. <laughs> I think that's, I thought that was such a fun letter. I love that so much. That is so sweet. And what a love letter it is. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's the thing. We forget how much our parents influence what we like when we get older. Yeah, absolutely. So true. I, you know... I think of my dad a lot. I mean, he not only influenced my love of science fiction, which pretty much started when I was the age of five and he had just gone to see Star Wars and he came home and picked all of us up and he took us to the dried movie theater so we could see it immediately after he had just seen it. Um, but even other things like baseball and I know we're talking about dads now, but but yeah, it starts in childhood, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. And, and that support's just so important. Because especially if, you know, you never know what parents wanted you to be before you were born because you're just kind of what you are. And so I, I think especially in this letter, it's like it's not just that she kind of allowed him to become a geek, but she supported it. And and it, there's there's something to be said about that feeling of your parents supporting you and what you like and are excited about. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the greatest. That's awesome. Um, our next letter is from T. Morris, who was our uh, guest last week, and he, he kind of set the the sea of letters off because he he volunteered to uh, to send in a letter on on our last show, and I think everybody heard my call and my desperation when <laughs> when he volunteered, and we're like, all right, we'll send in the letters. So I have to thank T. for for uh, for being the first one to submit. Awesome. Uh, but uh, I particularly like this one. Uh, my mom never really understood my nerdiness. All she knew was her child was not a sports kid like his older brother, and she was supportive of what captured my attention, which was science fiction and fantasy. When I was in my teenage years, I got a ColecoVision gaming console, state-of-the-art for the 80s and in high demand, but my dad went above and beyond and found one in Richmond. While my mom didn't really understand or enjoy video games like the ones I played on ColecoVision, Zaxxon, and Donkey Kong in particular, I found out that she did enjoy Cubert, the game where you were hopping from cube to cube, avoiding the nasty monster that came after you while you tried to clear levels. If you still don't know that game, watch Wreck-It Ralph. Cubert is in. <laughs> the thing is, I didn't know exactly how geeky my mother was about Cubert. It turns out that when she cleaned my house, or when she cleaned house, my mom was old school like that. She adjusted her schedule and saved my room for last. She would finish the house, then finish up my room, 
and then sit down and play Cubert in secret for hours. <laughs> Just her, the ColecoVision, and Cubert. She would, in fact, play it nonstop until I or my father would roll up for the evening. And she loved this game. She didn't tell me about this until just last year. This was literally a secret three decades old. I am the son of a gamer, and I'm 47. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day, Nancy. You rocked the Qbert. I love it. That's so great. I remember it. (laughs) Oh, I loved Qbert when I was little. Uh, it's, It's so cool because, again... You know, the whole point of doing this for the Mother's Day episode is we do, I think, associate our geekiness with our dads. And I think for a lot of our moms, they weren't necessarily allowed to be geeky or or didn't perceive that they were allowed to be geeky. And so I have their geekiness is what it is, what we perceive it to be today, which is geekiness. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, it was probably silliness or, you know, oh, it's a waste of time. I've got more serious things to do. But I wonder how many stories are out there where moms did stuff like this and, you know, we don't know how truly geeky they were because they just didn't tell anybody. Because they didn't tell us. Yes, I I wonder the same. (laughs) My mom and I would have a conversation (laughs) after this. (laughs) Um, Do you mind taking the next one from Philippe from The Average Geek Show? Yes, Philippe. Hello, Philippe. Hopefully, oh, obviously you're listening. From Philippe Conway. While she's not a geek by any means, she has always been a huge supporter of my geekiness. My fondest memory is when she took me to my first and only Star Trek convention. I believe I was 12 or 13, and we drove an hour and a half to the Great Western Forum, the former home of the L.A. Kings, to attend. My mom had a huge crush. <laughs> she and she claimed that was her motivation to bring me there. Not only did I get to meet like-minded geeks like myself, but we also got to watch Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis speak. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I'd ever been to any type of geek convention or con, and I'm forever grateful for such a memorable day. Love you, Mom. Philippe. Aw, that's so nice. See, it's like moms who just support their kids to be who they are. I think some of the greatest geeks I know had great moms who did that. My mom took me to my first Star Trek convention. Really? <laughs> yeah, she did. And I, again, I don't necessarily consider my mom to be very geeky. Um, she definitely doesn't. I mean, she enjoys um, sci-fi and fantasy, but I don't think she indulges it in it. In as much as as we do, although from uh, uh, our previous letter, we we may have to talk. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, when I was in junior high, I was such a huge Next Generation fan. Like I just i i wore I wore a communicator pin to school. (laughs) Like I was that big of a geek. I had a teacher look at me once and go, "You're just asking to get beaten up, aren't you?" Uh, yeah, that was the only actual start. I watched all the movies, but I only watched The Next Generation as far as all the Star Trek shows go. And and it was my sister, Katie, who got me into that. We were um, sharing an apartment in Colorado at the time, and she loved it. And the next thing I knew, I was just completely sucked in. So, so yeah, it's one of my favorites, so, too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember her. I think she was a little bit um, surprised at the the experience of walking through the convention hall. 
and uh and just you know we walked past a klingon wedding and you know there was just so many different things uh we sat and we watched um william shatner talk and if you've never seen william shatner at a convention he is phenomenal i mean he just spins a story like nobody's business he does seem like a total showman that's so cool yeah. And the the only the thing I do have to agree with Philippe's mom though. I had a huge crush on Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. <laughs> I will have to say and and he is the reason why I have a beard. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I will this is the first time I have admitted to anybody. <laughs> now I'm admitting it on my podcast with listeners. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes is the reason why I wear a beard. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Glad to be here for that confession. <laughs> Well, now our last letter comes from uh, from Jacob, <laughs> who um, is, and it's about somebody that we have mentioned multiple times on on this we podcast. Have, we? <laughs> <laughs> we really have, and um, part of it is because she's just such a fun person, and we both have wonderful reasons to talk about her. <laughs> But um, I wanted to end today's letters with a letter from Jacob Evans about your sister, um, Kathy. Yay. (laughs) My mom has been a geek her whole life. She has an interesting relationship with her work life. So she holds her free time in sacred light as a time where she can truly relax and geek out. She's been obsessed with countless shows like Supernatural, Farscape, and Stargate Atlantis. She plays and has played a bunch of Lego video games, puzzle-solving games, and her favorite game, Dragon Age Inquisition. She's even taken me to D23, where we spend a Saturday gawking at the giant Marvel and Disney displays. A perfect example of her level of geekiness occurred at D23 when she uh, started the day off by nearly having a heart attack when catching a glimpse of Chris Evans and Harrison Ford. (laughs) On top of this, she has a deep joy and love for strategy board games. There have been many times where she's forced us to sit down for an hour and play a new, sometimes perplexing and odd board game. Her true passion in life, however, is writing. She's written a sci-fi middle grade book about a young girl named Lydia and her perilous adventures through tears in time and space, and is currently in the middle of writing a mystery series that revolves around a woman's witty encounters with mysterious murder cases and drama-filled love life. Right now, she's in the process of editing her newest installment that comes out May 31st, An Old Murder in May. She talks about all of this and her nerdy interests in her and her friend's WEC podcast. All of this makes her a bona fide geek, and we love her for it. I hope this little letter can help make her Mother's Day as amazing as it should be. Thank you so much, Jacob Evans. Oh, he's so well-spoken. My gosh, he's 15 years old. Isn't that amazing? That that is that is the grade that I teach. I have all fifteen year olds, and you know they can be pretty insightful and profound sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was really sweet. Yes, this is my buddy, my movie buddy, my everything buddy. So, mistake for writing that. Yes, thank you, Jake, and thank you, uh, Kathy, for for sharing your geekiness with everybody else because you know she does the WEC podcast with you she grows does the growing up 70s with kelly which i absolutely love <laughs> That's uh, great. so i thought this this was a, a pretty cool letter to end with so anyway um happy mother's day to all of our wonderful mothers out there and to 
Yeah, to the, the the geeky moms that have influenced our lives and our our interests, and and we hope you have a very very special Mother's Day. Nice. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. All right. Well, we're going to close out so that you can get editing on that novel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any shout outs for you? Well, since we are celebrating Mother's Day, I do have two sisters. My older sister, Kathy, Katie, Kathy, and then my younger sister, Sammy, um, who is also an amazing mom, just like um, my older sister. So I want to shout out to both of them. Um, two of the most amazing moms I know, um, and shout out to my mom. Gosh, I know so many great moms, my aunts and my cousins, and um, I get teary-eyed just thinking about all of them. So um, just love and hugs to my family. So, yeah. And I want to – first of all, I want to give a shout out to you because, you know, I literally called you at, like, an hour before we started <laughs> and I was like help <laughs> so thank you so much for I've had so much fun with you this evening uh, me too. thanks Joe for having me and I do want to uh, send out a a special Mother's Day to my sister-in-law who is a geek mom she doesn't always label herself as that but she is from what I understand a fierce Team Fortress 2 competitor and uh, and this is her first Mother's Day, so I wanted to say hello to my my sister-in-law Grace, and also to my mom, who who has been so very supportive and so very wonderful uh, to me my entire life. So I'm I'm very lucky. My brother and I are very lucky to have her as our mom. Oh, seems like you're getting a little choked up too. <laughs> just a little, just a little. <laughs> All right, coming up next week, um, we are going to have two weeks. I've made the decision after realizing that I'm going to be um, periscoping for for a good six hours on Saturday. Um, we're going to take the, the audio from that, and we're going to split it up into two podcasts. So next week and the week after will be a smorgasbord of authors at the Mysterious Galaxy birthday bash so that is what's coming up for the next two weeks that is so awesome joe i'm your biggest fan i just love everything that you do and i just i'm looking forward to to checking your periscope out on saturday oh thank you so much thank you so so much um yeah so we're doing that for the next two weeks and then i think we're going to be doing two weeks of movie reviews we'll finally have a chance to catch up on um captain america and we will then follow that up with X-Men, and both of those will be with our wonderful movie review buddy, Ray Vargas. So those are that's, that's the next month worth of podcasts coming to you from Geekditude. Awesome. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound, is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geekditude.com, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, please leave us a review and spread the word. I'm going to start uh, putting up, I think, a feature on Geektitude called Five Stars Fridays because we need to start reviewing the podcasts that we uh, listen to oh and giving gosh. them five stars. Me too. I've because, been meaning to review yours. <laughs> and I've been meaning to review yours. Like we, uh, I, think, I think podcasters are the worst um, culprits. We, we say we need reviews, but then we don't review the ones we listen to. So I what know. I need to do, yeah, I'm going to start 
posting on Fridays. I'll post to the blog the review, but then I'll put that review on on iTunes and Stitcher and and all those various places because it you guys don't really realize how much that helps out the the podcaster. So if you're listening to podcasts, others I love that idea mine, so much. I'll talk about it. Yeah, mine, the WEC podcast, Dumbbells and Dragons, any of these uh the ones the Average Geek Show and the um, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek who sent in letters, please, please, please give them reviews because uh, it really helps us out. It helps people find us and then we get to, to reach a bigger audience. Um, if you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com and you can follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Mandy, where can we find you? On Twitter, it's at Amanda Blake MS or at WEC Podcast. And you can email WEC Podcast um, at podcast at gmail.com. WEC Podcast at gmail.com is our website. And it's brand new and, and sparkly now. It, yeah, you guys still, did it. Yeah, it still needs some love. A lot more detail could go into it, but we'll get there. But yeah, it's 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 fun to have it up. Very cool. Thank you so much, Mandy. I have had so much fun. Thank you, Joe. Me too. Absolutely. And to all our listeners out there this weekend, have a very happy Mother's Day. And remember, keep it easy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.